Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens and this is The Cities. It was 10 years ago when East Moline City Councilwoman Sherry Bustos decided to run for Congress. This month, U.S. Representative Sherry Bustos, a member of the powerful Appropriations Committee and leading Democrat in the House, decided not to run for re-election. We talked with the Western Illinois Democrat about her decision and the future of this session in Congress. Was there a major decision? Was there like a, a, a moment in your life that said, yeah, I'm done with this? Uh, no, it, it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like, okay, I've had enough of all of this. It was, it was literally this process that I go through every 10 years of my life. I did it when I was a journalist. I did it when I worked in healthcare, and I'm doing it now at this 10-year mark uh, that I've, I've uh, been running or in Congress. It was exactly 10 years ago that I made this decision to run for Congress. And so as I, I look back, I, I thought, you know, we've, we've accomplished a lot. We've, we've done a lot. Uh, and because this is going to be a new congressional district, because of redistricting, it is a perfect time for me to say thanks to everybody who put their faith in me and allow there to be time. There's a long runway now for elections these days, but allow the, the next voice to step in and, uh, and, and run in this seat. One wonders, though, is that you made the decision after the Capitol insurrection and after all of the right. uh, partisan fighting that we've seen, and it's just getting nasty not only in Washington but across the nation. I mean, did that at all play a part in your decision? Well, I, I was I was on the House floor the day that uh, the the mob uh, invaded the Capitol. I was literally just a few rows from that that center door that you saw kind of what what I would consider somewhat of, somewhat of an iconic picture now of the Capitol police officers with their guns pulled and the, the windows broken out. I was I was sitting just rows from that, just about three, four rows from that. Uh, I, I mean, it's a life-changing moment. You, you never think that you're gonna go into work that day and you're gonna have an angry mob storm your workplace with, with the idea of, of killing you or, or taking you hostage. Uh, but but that said, I, I, I also think about that day through this lens that while as horrible as that was for our nation's history, um, how hard it was on a personal level, we got the, the democracy's job done that day. We went back into session. We certified the electoral college results. And so when it was all said and done, the world's greatest democracy, the world's longest serving democracy prevailed. and. So I've got to look at, at it not just as a, a pretty bad day in my personal life, but in the end, that democracy prevailed. So 
did that play into it? You know, not not really. It was a uh, it was in a bad chapter in our nation's history. But uh, again, I at the end of that day, I felt good about what we were able to accomplish. But uh, Jim, I, I got to tell you, you know, though, but I remember you also saying that the days after when you got on that plane and you came back to the Quad Cities and there were angry people on the plane and there were people that were picking on other people on the plane. I mean, it was almost like that was also a major part of your experience during that period of time. And that must have been somewhat impactful for you. Well, it was. It's not it's not anything I'll ever forget. It um, I think it. It, we, we have to, though, do a heck of a lot better to bring people together. It, what I've seen in my 10 years of, of doing this job full time now, and uh, by the end of my fifth term, which won't come until January 3rd of 2023, um, I, I've seen a lot of good. I, I have some unbelievable colleagues who are smart, who are uh, public servants through and through, who have done amazing work. Um, and then you, there are, are some who are so hyper-partisan that um, literally won't give you the time of day if you have a D by your name. Um, and so, you know, look, I mean, there's the good and bad in any job, in any job. But I, I also, as I reflect on this time, I think, you know, I have now had my name on a ballot seven times, uh, two for city council and five for Congress. And the fact that uh, the, the good people around here were willing to put their faith in me, put their support in me, um, allow me to be their voice out in Washington, D.C. Is, is literally from a professional level, the, just w one of the best experiences of my life. And I'm, I'm grateful to the people of this congressional district that, that we've been able to do this. And um, I, I hope I will be judged when this is all said and done for, for making a difference, for uh, bringing back hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in my time here for, for helping close more than six about 6,000 cases, meaning, you know, these are veterans or seniors who need help with Medicare or Social Security, just all of that. You know, I mean, we can we can go through those accomplishments, but but in the end, it's about the people who were uh, I, I hope that they will see that I've been able to take their voice out to Washington as as a voice of reason. But, you know, that seniority is so important in Congress and it's so important for, as you said, getting things done here close to home. And now with you leaving, um, we're almost starting from square one, even though that you had rose so high into the Democratic ranks. Yeah, I mean, I look, the, the reason I was able to serve in leadership positions actually for three of my five terms. Um, so I actually went into leadership pretty early, but that was a matter of, look, I think it was the fundamentals. I, I, I work hard. I am not afraid to be the voice of the, the Midwest, of the, of the heartland. And I was you know, for most of that time, I've been the only member of the of House Democrats from the Midwest who have served in senior leadership. I've been lucky enough to, to work my way, not just to serve on Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, the Ag Committee, but also the what many consider the most powerful um, committee in all of Congress, the Appropriations Committee. That said, um, whoever takes this seat, and um, I, we have a lot of political talent in this congressional district, but whoever takes this seat, if you work hard, if you're honest, if you treat people well, um, you know, th there's a, the sky's the limit. And I, I was able to, to rise through the ranks relatively quickly, I think by just getting those fundamentals right. Uh, and, and I'm convinced if, if, the, if a great person runs for this who has the, the you know, the, the, the belief in 
that public service is, is a way that you can make a tremendous difference and, and has a, a strong worth ethic, I, I, they're, they're, we're going to end up okay. And I'm going to do everything I can to help the next person um, that, uh, that wants to run for this to be successful. In the last election cycle, you were tasked by top Democrats to increase the Democratic majority in the House. It did not go very well in November. What do you attribute that to? And do you think that's one of your, I don't want to say failures, but it wasn't a success, I guess. I, I was tasked by uh, House Democrats to have uh, to, to actually have one major um, accomplishment out of my role as the chair of the political arm of House Democrats, and that was to hold on to the House majority. We did that. Uh, was, did I hope we would grow that majority? Yeah, I did. But we had uh, Donald Trump at the top of the ticket, who um, the turnout for him was much, much greater than than any pollster had predicted, than um, just about anybody who follows politics has had predicted. I, di I didn't predict that that turnout as well, but but we held the House majority, and that was job number one. If we if we go back to when I was when making my pitch to my colleagues saying, hey, I'm the right person to run the political arm of House Democrats, they put their faith in me because I won by the largest margin of any Democrat in the country in a Trump district back in 2016, and we won by even a larger margin two years later. Um, but but um, we held our majority, which means we have the chairmanships of every single committee in the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, we've been able to be supportive of Joe Biden in, in having a national strategy on this terrible, terrible pandemic where we've been able to get vaccinations out. We have been able to help reopen our schools, get our kids back in school. We've been able to pass the largest relief package in the history of our nation because of that House majority. So I'm, I'm proud of uh, the, the efforts that, that I put in, we, we raised more money. We, we raised more than a third of a billion dollars uh, to help this effort. And um, in the end, we, we accomplished job one, and I'm proud of that. Wish we could have won more, but I'm proud of our ultimate effort to, to hold the House majority. I know you are supportive of President Biden's efforts right now, and I'm sure that you're very uh, proud of his first 100 days. Are you worried that we're at this point where deficits don't matter? No, not at all. Um, I, I was, um, again, one of the select few members of the, the uh, House who was able to be at the address to the joint session of Congress by President Biden last week, actually exactly one week ago today. And um, if, if you want to go back to that speech, listen to what he said about paying for uh, the, the rebuilding our country to make sure that we have broadband at, at, at all of the homes in, in America. We have 30 million Americans who don't have access to high-speed internet now. The fact that, you know, we can watch this bridge go up, it's right outside my window here. Uh, we can watch this $1.2 billion bridge go up and say, we need a lot more of those all over this country. Um, but President Biden has a way to pay for it. And it's, it is to reward work and not wealth. Um, what I mean by that is he's saying, if you make uh, 400,000 or more, you're gonna pay a little bit more. If you're a corporation and you've made a decision to try to par uh, park your, um, your resources offshore, well, we're not gonna let you do that tax-free anymore. If you're one of the biggest corporations in America and you pay um, when it's all said and done a net zero in federal taxes, we're not gonna let you do that anymore. So corporations are gonna pay their fair share the, the richest of the richest of the richest are going to pay their fair share. And that is how these massive, in, why don't I word it this way, that's how these bold 
uh, projects are going to be paid for. You do know that the impact of social media has not only on society, but on politics as well. And Facebook is now extending its uh, ban on former President Donald Trump on, on Twitter. Do you th are you worried about the First Amendment problems involved in such large companies deciding who can or cannot communicate on social media? Well, I'm, I'm a former journalist. It's what I did for a, a living for 17 years of my life. I, I was a journalist longer than I've, I worked in health care, longer than I've served in Congress. Um, I am a I will defend the First Amendment till my dying breath. Um, that said, as you know, it doesn't that the example that you hear most often is you can't go into a theater and yell fire. Um, so much of what uh, what was posted on social media uh, from the former president of the United States uh, really led to what happened with the insurrection on January 6th. Um, you know, uh, mistruths. Uh, I mean, there are documented the number of of, of mistruths that were spoken, um, really inciting uh, the, the fact that uh, people didn't believe the outcome of the November 2020 election. It, it's absurd. It's absurd that the president, the former president of the United States, li literally kept inciting. Um, more and more um, r really rejection of democracy. And so, um, look, I, I think that the, the big uh, social media companies, we need to take a look at how huge they've become. Um, I, I believe that we've got to take a look at, um, at monopolies in our country, not just in social media, but in many other areas as well. When you've got fewer and fewer and fewer businesses, small businesses that can make a go of it, or get gobbled up by the biggest of the big big companies, um, I think we need to take a look at uh, what it means to be a monopoly. And uh, social media, there's a lot of good that has come out of it, but there's also a lot of damage that has come out of that. As you pointed out uh, that you're so proud of the fact that you've had so many supporters over your term so far in Congress. And what are the next two years going to be like? Is it like a victory lap? Do you get to get a chance to thank people? I know that you want to, you know, you don't want to be a lame duck. How do you see the next two years for you? Well, I have 20 months to go on, on this term, and um, I, I will not take my foot off the gas. We've got to help a lot of people still. That there are, I get a weekly report on the number of cases that come in. With every case is a human being. It means it's a senior citizen who's having problems with Medicare or Social Security or a veteran who needs a little help with the Veterans Administration, whatever that is, we are going to continue. I think we have some of the best caseworkers in any congressional office in the country. They're remarkable, they care deeply. Uh, we are going to continue to write legislation, vote for meaningful legislation, make sure that literally the hundreds of millions of dollars that are coming into this congressional district are used in a way that helped our community help our families, help our small businesses, help get get kids back to school safely, uh, help with health care, all of the things that you need to move ahead as a community and move ahead as, as a family. Want to make sure that that all goes well. But no, I, no such thing as a, as a victory lap. I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. I just, I want to keep doing a good job. I want to end this on January 3rd, 2023 on a high note, make sure that we're doing everything we can up until that very last day. Um, and then I'll then I'll move on to my next chapter. Our thanks to Illinois Democratic U.S. Representative Sherry Bustos. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.